I'm Casey Finey, and this is Fast Company's Creative Conversation, a podcast where we tap into some of the most creative minds in film, TV, music, and beyond. We're tackling the mental roadblocks these creatives have encountered on projects or moments where they felt stuck in their careers. By diving into the problem, finding out how they overcame it, and the lessons they learned from it, you'll hopefully have a clear blueprint on how to manage your own creativity. So I'm down in Austin for our ninth annual Fast Company Grill, and we've had some amazing panel discussions, but this one in particular was a personal favorite of mine, which made me want to turn it into a special episode of Creative Conversation. I had the chance to sit down with Oprah Winfrey Network President Tina Perry, the legendary Felicia Rashad, and famed playwright Terrell Alvin McCraney to discuss David Makes Man, which is Terrell's new show on OWN. David Makes Man explores childhood trauma, the black experience, drug abuse, and so much more through this almost surreal-like lens that is truly unique. Terrell talks about his first foray into TV and pitching the show directly to Oprah Winfrey herself. Felicia gives awe-inspiring lessons in creativity, and Tina lays out Owen's vision for more diverse storytelling. It really was a remarkable panel, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. All right. Hi. Hey, everyone. So we're going to get started here. Uh, my name is Casey Finey. I'm an associate editor with Fast Company Magazine. And I am very, very, very excited for this panel today. We're going to be talking with the creator, one of the cast members, and the president of OWN Network for David Makes Man. It is Liz. Thank you. Yes, woo that again. There you go. <laughs> you know, I had, the, I had the chance to watch the pilot episode, and it is really, really phenomenal. So I'm very excited to get this started. So. Please welcome to the stage. First up is Tina Perry, the president of OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Right here. Thank you, ma'am. Next we have oh, everybody's favorite mom, Felicia Rashad. And of course, just so great. And of course, the creator of David Makes Man, Terrell Alvin McCraney. Come on up, man. Come on up. Oh, man. This is a good looking panel. I love it. Yeah. So, there's obviously a lot to unpack with this show. Like I was telling them, I had a chance to watch the pilot, and you, Terrell, you dive into a lot of very important issues. Um, and so I think I would love to start with you. You know, you obviously have a wealth of theater experience. Uh, you have an Oscar for co-writing Moonlight, <laughs> which I mean, which was of course based on the play that you wrote. But David Makes Man is your first foray into TV. So how did this project come about? Hi. <laughs> how y'all doing? Good. It's warm out here. We're so excited that we were just talking about the warmth. <laughs> and the warmth from y'all, so thank y'all. Um, it's a good crowd. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, we, you know, when we, this actually, the project of this show uh, has a lot of twists and turns to it, but that uh, ultimately led to the right place, which is at OWN um, and with Miss Oprah Winfrey. But I think another part of what was happening um, at the time is that I actually wasn't right, doing a lot of work. 
This was before Moonlight uh, was even being filmed or even being considered being filmed. And my friend, one of my closest friends, Andre Holland, I don't, I don't know if you guys know Andre. He's, in, he's the lead in this uh, movie I wrote called High Flying Bird. And uh, he plays Kevin in Moonlight. But he, uh, he was out working on a television show and just paid for like a week for me to come to LA and have some meetings. Um, but while I was there, he was like, well, while you're having these meetings, you also got to write something. Um, and he, and so he, him and my best friend, Glenn Davis, put me up for a week, and I was in this hotel in L.A., and I, it's, I have the sheet of paper still, and I wrote down, um, write a show about the gifted program. Um, the gifted program, or the magnet program, like many of you have had, probably is the program where, you know, they identify you have gifts and talents, and then they bus you to a school that's about 30 to 40 miles away from your home. Anybody had that experience? Anybody? Yeah. Um, and so when you end up at that gifted magnet program, sometimes you can be the only one there. Um, and I learned a lot from that gifted program, but it was sometimes counter to what I was learning in the, in the place that I grew up. Um, in fact, sometimes I was learning anti-black sentiment and bringing it back to my own community. So um, I just really wanted to explore that. I wanted to explore what it meant to be chosen uh, as elite and gifted and talented and then have, that, uh, have the way be pointed away from your community rather than back into it. I wanted to explore what it, how hard it was for me to figure out where my loyalties were. Um, you know, because there there's always this moment where you say to yourself, I'm learning all of these things. I'm learning this great stuff, what, you know, and I'm being called great. Or, or for example, you would have a, someone say, you're not like the rest of them. And then you would go home to the rest of them. All right, and so, and, and, and when you're a young person trying to figure out who you are in the world, where you are in the world, what, what you should next do, um, especially when you grow up um, under the pressure of poverty on your, on your neck and in your, and in your life, you have to make decisions fast about what you do because all, all your grandparents and your parents are telling you is that I, you know, I started working when I was 15. I started working when I was 14. So you think, what, with these gifts, what do I need to do next? How do I then, you know, provide for my family? I'm, a, I'm, I'm coming into manhood. What do I do? And all those questions, I remember having them uh, when I got accepted to this program. So I wanted to create a show about it. And, the ser and there were so many questions, and it crossed so many uh, moments that it, was, it had to be serial, meaning it had to be serialized. We, I couldn't just put it up for a 45-minute, hour-and-a-half moment. We, ha we have to investigate it because it continues to happen. And Here's the kicker, I have no answers, huh? <laughs> uh, I have no answers to these questions. I just, I know that I have a lot of questions and I want to be in conversation with my community about them. Yeah. Nice, and you mentioned earlier that, you know, this, this found a, the perfect home and own. And so, Tina, I want to hear from you on why you chose to take on this show and Felicia, what made you want to be a part of it? Well, I can say that at OWN, we love working with uh, storytellers and artists who have a very specific voice and have an intention behind the story they want to tell. And I know that you know there was quite the bidding war when Terrell took this out to the Hollywood community. Everyone wanted to work with him. And um, there's actually a really great story about how it ended up at OWN. And I'm going to let Terrell tell it because uh, he came in for a pitch to the network. And uh, he ended up pitching. Uh, someone at the network he didn't expect to pitch. Uh, uh, <laughs> two guesses on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in the name. Um, well, it, it, what's interesting about um, 
what our what our lovely president is saying is that we um, we did have we did take this pitch out to folks, and I was reading this pitch you know three times a day to many places. Um, and if you've ever when you all you all know Michael B. Jordan pretty well, don't you? Yeah. Not personally. But <laughs> sure you do. I mean, the person you see is the person you get. He's that exciting and that happy and that much of a cheerleader all the time. And I am not. I'm shy. I'm reserved. I get quiet. I get nervous. And MBJ would be next to me in these meetings and be like, you got this, T. You got this. And I would be like, shut up. Or go over there. And so I'm sitting next to him. I, all these meetings, and then we go to own, and he's like, you, T, this ain't no, this, this, this light work, baby. You got this. And I'm like, get out of my ear. And then he goes, oh, oh, Oprah's coming. And I was like, cool, we're gonna say hi to her, and she's gonna go back to the board meeting she was in, and we're gonna continue with this pitch. And him and Mike Kelly, who are our producers, convince Oprah, they're like, no, 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 you gotta hear this. Terrell, he about to, you gotta see this. And she's like, Okay. And he's like, sit right here, directly in front of me. And so I'm like, hey, my name is Terrell McCray. She's like, baby, you got to speak up. I was like, all kinds of bronchitis at that time. Just needed my inhaler. I didn't have it. But it ended, but I, you know, I've read from the paper as long as I could. And then I looked up and she was looking directly at me. Um, and very still at that moment. She asked one question, I think, and then said, you know, this is the best pitch I've ever heard. So, I mean, we kind of knew pretty much from then that's where we needed to be. Well then. <laughs> and Felicia, I would love for you, yes, please. Pitching directly to Oprah and not quaking, that's amazing. Felicia, I would love for you to talk about your character because she is, like most of the characters you play, this fierce woman, but also very, com very compassionate as well. The teacher in the in David Makes Man. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that character and why you decided to be a part of this show. Dr. Woods Trapp is the instructor in the gifted, in the humanities program, in the gifted program. And in this course, she combines history, civics, and literature. And she is a unique instructor in that she is absolutely creative in her approach. She has complete and total respect for her students. She's on their wavelength. She knows what they like. She listens to their music. She's all on top of their culture, and yet she's bringing them through to something that most people would think they were incapable of understanding and appreciating. Well, I grew up in a family of educators, so I understand this mindset. And I was so gratified to see it in script form and the fact that he wrote it, well, I mean, you know. And I know that the OWN Network is in constant search of jewels, and this is a jewel. So I just thought, thank you, this is manna from heaven. Thank you. It's not a hard decision. <laughs> and I know, Flush, you've talked before about uh, it's very important to find the humanity in a story. And it's very evident that this show is completely rooted in that. And so 
Terrell, how did you go about infusing the script with that humanity? And Felicia, how did you go about extracting it in your performance? I, you know, it's a tough it's a tough question because I don't I don't know that I. I don't know that I ever not think of the black experience as not human. Um, you know, I just, I, I, think, I think it's the, the deeper you go into the black experience, uh, the, the more human it is, like at every turn. It may seem different on the face, but at the end of the day, I've had so many people, you know, even, you know, we had cameramen who had been in the business for 30, 40 years and would be looking at Akili um, who plays David, and say, I remember the moment I went through that. And they would be, in t I mean, talking about these older white men who have been filming, you know, in and around Florida, and they're, uh, they've got their camera on this black child in the middle of this uh, replica of this project that I grew up in, and completely identifying, completely understanding, and sometimes in tears. And I think, and I don't, I don't think they were just selling us wolf tickets. I mean, I think they, sh they film a lot of things and they could easily walk away from and sort of go home at night. But I think this was staying with them because the idea was to get to the place where we all um, understand that there's a tough decision to be made um, and that the answers to those, dis uh, the, those the choices made aren't always uh, the perfect ones. And I think that I, I tried to make sure that all my imperfection was in the story that you know, even Dr. Woods Trap, who does her best, sometimes makes mistakes, um, and that those and that's how we all are. And that there's there's forgiveness, sure. There's grace, also. But there's also moments where we are we don't messed up, and we have to live with that, and we have to carry on from that. And you know, you mentioned that you you brought up the fact that obviously this is uh, a show about the black experience, and it's something that Own has really been that's at the forefront of their programming. So, Tina, how do you see a show like David Makes Man fitting into Owen's overall vision? Because it is a very singular show, and I'm just curious to know, like, how does it, how does this show fill a spot that wasn't, that you didn't really think about before in the programming at Owen? Right. Well, I mean, at Owen, we're always looking, like I said earlier, for artists and storytellers who have a unique voice and have a real intention of what they want to share. Um, you know, we don't follow trends at own. We don't kind of chase what it looks like audiences are loving. We tend to like kind of beat to our own drum. And when we find that artist with a really special voice who's an auteur and Oprah can connect, um, it's no question that it's the right place for us. You know, all of our programming, whether you're talking about Greenleaf or Queen Sugar, there's, there are universal themes that just when you're a human, doesn't matter your race, your sex, your gender, you are going to relate to. And I think what Terrell has done beautifully with David Makes Man is, you know, through the eyes of this young African-American boy, he has hit these critical themes that all of us in this room, if you watch it, you are going to relate to. And you don't need to have grown up in Florida or be a young black male or grown up in those projects. So for us, um, when that comes across with someone and you're pitching, it's, it's a no-brainer. Um, we're not in the business of just developing to develop. Oprah is really about finding people. We go all in, and then uh, we get to a moment like this. Can I just uh, can I, I just say yes, also? Please. I mean, I can't speak for the programming specific at home, but I know that one of the reasons why um, 
I was so adamant about being there is because sometimes when you're the only at a place, um, people use you as the litmus test, right? So they will say, oh, look at this other black show. That's not the kind of show you want, right? And I wanted to be somewhere where we were saying, There's a, there is no limit to what the black experience looks like. Um, you're, you can't say to me, you know, you're not going to use me to talk bad about another person's artistry um, in order to denigrate or not give them work. I've been in the position where you're, you know, you know, you are the only in a in a community, and they and people will turn to you and go, well, not like that artist, right? Using you as a way to kind of weed them out, and I didn't want to be in that position. I don't want to be in a position where someone uses David or his journey to say stop a stop a show about a young woman in the same circumstance. Mm -hmm. And I know at own um, we're given that room. Mm -hmm. Nice, please. And you know we've talked about uh, we've talked about uh, Dr. Woodtrap a little bit, and I think she's phenomenal. And Felicia, I know that you have pretty much perfected the craft of playing these mother figures in a way. <laughs> they, I mean, you've listened from stage, like with uh, a, a Raisin of the Sun, which you won a Tony for. You know, of course, Claire Huxtable, everyone's favorite mom, and Creed. You've done you've done so many amazing so much amazing work playing these figures. And I'm just curious to know, like, what has playing that particular type of character in all of these different ways taught you about your creative process? Because every story is different, but it's very much kind of the, the, uh, a, the theme is the same, of like this nurturing figure that's also very tough, but also very loving. So going into all these different projects, like, what has that taught you about your creative process in what you need to bring to that particular role. You know, you don't do it by yourself. Um, an actor has ideas. Um, you read a script. There are things about it that, um, that you identify with readily. But you still, when it comes to the final performance, you don't achieve that by yourself. You have to have a good director. And we had the excellent director, Michael Williams, and he was looking at subtleties. And I love working with directors like that because that's when I do my best work. When I am working with directors, I used to tell uh, our director, Tina Landau, for Terrell's piece, um, Head of Passes, the painting cannot see itself. You know, you need that eye of a master craftsman to really find those nuances and to shade them just right. And that's where a good director comes in. So I had a lot of help. <laughs> but, and to that point, you've directed a lot of stage work as well. So how has your experience as a director informed you as an actor now that you're on the other side of it? Yeah, it's made me uh, even more appreciative of a director and a director's point of view. Um, <laughs> It's taught me to give up certain tricks that all actors have. Such as? Which I please you don't want me to go there. I, uh, <laughs> I think you know, we gotta do just it. <laughs> you know, you sit there in the room and you're watching it. I remember my, my foray into directing. I watched these brilliant actors and I said, mm, I've done that, I won't do that again. <laughs> I mean, just one example, maybe? No. Okay, all right, I won't push it, I won't push it. You know, 
you know, Terrell, the show is being described as a lyrical drama, which I think is entirely fitting, uh, because while it's very much rooted in a lot of heavy... Hev- yeah, bless you. <laughs> while it's still rooted in a lot of heavy issues, it's the way that you present it is very dreamlike, very uh, almost abstract. It's, 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 a, it's such a beautiful show. So I'm wondering, when you figure out a story, how do you go about deciding how to present that story? Because I want to talk a little bit about what the show, how the show is, like this world that it inhabits, because it hovers just above reality in a way. It's very interesting. Sure. I think, I mean, this show is, is, is rooted in, in David's point of view. Um, and the trauma that he is uh, trying to work through. And trauma makes manifest in many ways. Sometimes it can take form physically, um, but a lot of times it takes place uh, in terms of the way your brain pattern works. So for example, um, uh, there's a a doctor whose name I'm blanking on right now, but she talks about it like living with a bear. So every single human being has a reaction when they're met in the forest with a bear. You're, if you turn around a tree and all of a sudden there's a huge bear standing there, we all will have a very similar reaction. Our amygdala kicks in, adrenaline starts pumping, we breathe better, we hear better than we've ever done, our, pimp, our pupils become dilated. All of that happens within a matter of seconds. But what happens when you live with the bear? You come home to the bear. The bear is teaching you how to drive. The bear is tucking you in at night. Th- that means your brain is starting to get Uh, accustomed to always being on red alert, Um, always being in a place of trying to figure out the next move. You're always in a state of fight fight or flight. And so that heightens or elevates your reality in a way. And we have a lot of young people who who live in war zones that we don't think about this, but I remember talking to Oprah about this and she she was telling me that, and you know, it's the thing about OWN that keeps happening is that every time we start having deeper conversations about this show, something else will happen right in line with it. So I I came and I was talking to Oprah about this very thing and she said, Terrell, I'm doing a a piece on 60 Minutes right about this show. And it's about, again, the way trauma makes manifest in our brains and our minds. And so the reason why for that heightened reality, as you call it, is that David is in a heightened place a lot of the time. He's consistently in a moment of fight or flight because of some traumas that have happened to him. Um, And I wanted to really explore that. Um, just getting back to your point about uh, different pieces, I mean, shows, uh, show, TV show, television series, uh, plays, films, they each have their own sort of birthing. And I'm very collaborative, so I'm always interested in what we're all, uh, tr- what we're all aiming at at the same time. So I try to be very mindful of what my collaborators are bringing to the table. Um, and so we had a collab- uh, my, my collaboration with Michael Williams, on the, especially on the pilot, um, was trying to elicit how in our very urban societies we often are in that heightened space and how, like again, you begin to hear better than you've ever heard before or see better. And not all of it's ugly, right? Sometimes you see better for the first time because, you know, something terrible has happened to you. Um, you can see now because something is clear, clear, the rain comes down and now the world looks new. Um, and so we really wanted, he really wanted to focus on that and so did I. And he helped us in a lot of visual ways. And speaking of collaboration, you know, uh, all of you have mentioned that this, you know, Felicia, you, you said it really well that, y- you know, you, you don't do it alone. So for this particular show, I would love to hear how, you know, the network helped craft the vision. Felicia, you helped craft, you know, your character. How did it all come together, like, in a collaborative effort to get what we're about to see with David Makes Man? Well, the network's 
On the network side, I'll say, um, you know, we're really big on giving our creators freedom. Uh, again, you have a vision, you have a story you want to tell, that's what we've bought, and we, we want to just support you and nurture you in every way to do it. Um, Oprah is very involved in the process. Um, as you can hear, she sits and pitches, she gives notes on cuts, she is involved with the casting, she gives her opinions, and I think, you know, I'm sure Terrell could say working with her is a great experience because she's incredibly collaborative. One of the things I know she loves, two things she loves when we're doing a new series. One is, she loves when we have the show and tell, where like, you know, the producers and the director and Terrell come in and they're showing you the look and feel of the show. That is one of her most like, she's super excited when that day's coming. Also, Oprah excited, that's yeah. hard to imagine, I'm kidding. <laughs> she also loves um, going to set. She also really loves going to set, seeing the actors work, seeing the crew who's there. So she's incredibly involved, but you know, keeping a really open, free space for the artist is like priority for us. And for Felicia, what? How did you help craft? What? You, what? Did, what do you feel like you brought to this collective experience of David Makes Man? This is your space to brag on yourself a little bit. I am not good at this because <laughs> I, I'm just not. Um, as an actor. What I really want to achieve is the moment when the acting goes away. That's what I really want to experience. I want to achieve that, I want to experience that, I want to share that with the other actors and with everybody on set. I want the acting to go away. And I want to be right in the space, right in the reality of the moment, looking in everyone's eyes and communicating from here, that's what I want. How do you reach that? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's, that, this is why I just, I'm in awe of actors because we as the audience, we can, we know when that happens. So for you as the actor, how, how do you reach that state? First, I have to pray. <laughs> I'm serious. It's a good start. I really do because you know, the mind is always at work, and I want it to become very still. I want it to become very, very still so that it's not working. The way it is in life, when you really meet someone, when you really engage with someone, you know, unless you're one of those cunning, crafting, political type folk who's got something else going on back there all the time. But even, even in a city like that. <laughs> so you're calling people out, telling people's business and everything. Who are you but looking at when you said you that? Know, but even in a city like that. She, know, she like knows I'm House Slytherin, so. <laughs> okay, all right, all look, right. Look, I can't, I can't, I don't choose where I was sitting. I mean, look at the color of your pants, my friend. Mm, Should have known, should have known. <laughs> so I, I have to find the stillness inside. And I have to have studied uh, the script very well, not just to know the words, but to understand what it is about. What the scene is about is often not is what being said. Um, things like that. That was a word. So, <laughs> Terrell, I'm curious to know, like you mentioned that uh, Oprah's very involved, like what were some of the notes that she gave or what was some of the feedback she gave? What color is that? 
can that be brighter? <laughs> what does she say? Make her say it again. I mean, you know, de detailed stuff. You know, she's detailed. I mean, which is, you know, what you love about feedback. I, I can't stand a feedback that's too nebulous. That's like, oh, it feels, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels a little off. Don't tell me that. What does that mean? You know, tell me the thing. Point to the thing. Oh, that color's not right. Change that color. Thank you. Because I see, you know what I mean? I know how to do that. So she's very, you know, she's very succinct. Um, and I think one of the things that you, you come to learn about the network, but also I think they were interested, I was never going to do this without a community. I was never, we were never going to do this outside of community. And so one of the things that was really important to, to me in hiring actors uh, as, uh, in, play, in people like Dr. Woods Trapp, but also in Gloria, uh, um, Alana Arenas, also in, um, in Sky, who is played by Isaiah, uh, we, we wanted to get actors, uh, Ruben Santiago Hudson, who's in, also a part of our cast, we wanted to make sure that we had actors who wanted to be mentors because we have a bevy. When you all meet these young people, they are so talented, baby. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I'm not a bragger either, but them, these youngins, man, they are something to behold. They just, they, and they bring it. They bring their full, beautiful selves to the, to the screen, to the set. They never complained ever. It was, you know, Florida, hot. <laughs> Never complained. They might have wanted some water one a few times. I mean, we fed them consistently. Sure. Say, that sweat was real. Like, <laughs> those yeah, boys but, are sweating. Yeah, no, they, but they, 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 they knew that they were doing something important. And so t for them to be in conversation with Felicia or Ruben or Alana and ask them, I need to do this thing next. How do I do it? Or what, what? And to be in conversation with them. I wanted that to be our set because... It, that's the only way we're going to really bring forward these, these very important conversations, is as a community. It couldn't just be me. It couldn't just be Felicia. It had to be all of us. And so we, we really invested in those youngins to, and told them, you know, this is important. Tell us what's important and show us what's important. And they did. They really brought it. They are magnificent. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> No, they truly, truly are. I'm always, I'm always amazed with, I don't know, I don't know why it always surprises me when like, ch like children actors just nail it. And we saw it in Moonlight as well. Like those, every, it's just phenomenal. So, you know, we've been seeing more and more diverse creators uh, making these shows, which obviously leads to more diverse storytelling. But I'm curious to know, I mean, what thought have you given to what's next when the story is out? What how do you want to continue the, the topics that you're bringing up, whether it be, I don't know, workshops or uh, programs? Like, what are you thinking about when you get the story out that you want to tell? What's next? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, um, the program launches this summer, so we're in the process of putting all those pieces in place. Um, you know, what's important is that, you know, there's, there's a conversation that's going to continue to be had. Um, in the press, I think in the reviews you'll see it. You'll see is we have a lot of pieces showcasing our talent and the creators of the show. Um, uh, but it's you know tra the the trauma and the way Terrell explained and what's being explored in the show is is really fundamental and important to Oprah. So we're, we're working through that right now and figuring out. But uh, what we love about this show is that it's going to take that topic and 
other really important topics and raise them and elevate them to a place that's going to be conversational that I think hasn't happened in television um, in this magnitude, at least for us, you know, before. Anything to add on that? Oh, I'm still in the editing bay. <laughs> so you have to have, it's not over for me. <laughs> it won't be for a while. So you have to ask me once I'm get, actually getting rest again and not looking at, you know, 70 cuts and 5,000 sound cues. But um, I mean, for me, I just, uh, as, as everyone has said before, I really just want to make sure or continue to craft the thing so that when it does hit the airways, we're having um, conversations. And I think that's the thing that's really most important for me and, and, and important for a lot of uh, uh, folks um, who came up in the same way, is that now we have a platform to be in conversation and we want to be in conversation. We don't want it to sort of go, oh, that was a good episode, let me go find these Cheetos, <laughs> right? We want you to go, wow, I need to sit down and I might need to think about this, or I disagreed with that and I need to talk to somebody about it, here's why. Um, and it's my job to continue to go through and make sure that those, um, those prompts are still embedded into the, the piece. And obviously that's, you know, that's a large part of what you want the audience to walk away with, but for everyone here, what did, what did you walk away with personally from working on this project? Creativity is unending. It is the nature of life itself. It is the essence of life. It's unending. I just want to play that on a loop in the back of my head all the time. <laughs> Tina, what about you? You know, there's been so many things at the network. I know it has galvanized and inspired uh, the people that work there in a way that I haven't seen. I started with OWN 10 years ago, and we have an amazing employee base. And now she's president. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Madam President. And people are always excited about our programming. We have so many talented people, but I can legitimately say, and Terrell, I don't know if you know this, there is a energy and a current in the building about the show um, that I have just felt people are asking questions in meetings, people have read scripts. Pe I mean, like, there's an engagement I have not seen before, despite everybody was always excited. And I think it goes to the unique voice you are, like, sharing with everyone, you know. David and who he is, people have fallen in love with him and people who did not think they'd have anyone in common, anything in common with him. Um, so for us as a network, there's a, there's a transformation that's happening, I can tell you, and um, it's, it's infectious. And Terrell, I know you're still in the editing bay with this, but what do you feel like you are walking away with this experience with? Um, I don't know that I'm... I don't know that I'm allowed to walk away away with anything. I, I know that, you know, every day, I mean, as a person who continues to try to be, to, to stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Uh, <laughs> that saying will never get old now. Um, I, I, I always try to do that, but I think what working on this piece is, is teaching me is that every day I have to be willing to uh, build myself anew. Um, because, and not be afraid of that, that every, t that every new moment of breath and steps in front of me is new and, and limitless, and to not be afraid of that. Um, I often think I have to walk into the room the same person I was yesterday in order for people to 
treat me the way, but I, that I'm allowed to completely get up in the morning on any side of bed that I choose and step on the left instead of the right uh, and to put on what, you know, and that that's available to me. And it's terrifying, right? But it's, I mean, especially to be learning that at near 40, right? You're sort of looking and going, wow, you can, you can, you can become something in a moment's time if you, if, if you choose a set of choices. Um, and the piece is teaching me that, so. I think that's a perfect note to end on. You got a lot of people saying black don't crack when you said you're nearing 40, so. <laughs> I got a good makeup artist in the back. <laughs> nah, that ain't makeup, but give it up for this amazing panel. Thank you all so much. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thanks for listening to Creative Conversation. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe if you like what you've been hearing, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>